The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. Uh, we got Joel Cronenberg here. Hi. Did I say your last name right? Uh, yeah, Cronenberg. Cronenberg. It gets it gets a little weird. I thought it'd be funny to do my Instagram name. Sorry, there's a, a bus driving by. I did my Instagram name as Cronenberger, and I've actually had people call me in real life Cronenberger. I'm they like, you no, that's not actually my name. Yeah, it's just the bird, dude. <laughs> yeah. And you work for slash own uh, I'm a partner in uh, Provision Coffee. Coffee. That is correct. Sick. Arizona. Chandler, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. This is where the podcast gets really interesting. Because this is where I usually ask people to tell me how they got in coffee. We kind of explore like their origin story in coffee. But as it happened, we kind of covered a little bit of that just throughout our day. Yeah. Like we just kind of talked about that. And the thing that I think is so interesting about you and everything that you seem to be doing, even though we just had our first conversation, is you seem immensely aware about all things that are in your space and not just coffee and this like sphere of influence that you have on the people around you and building something with intentionality. And if you're down with it, I just kind of want to dive into where you got your mindset and like what got you fired off in that capacity. If you feel uh, comfortable yeah. going down that path and I can just, we can just nitpick from there. That sounds like a good plan. Sick. So just to give a quick micro background to people who are out there, what like what does your day look like? What do you do? How are you involved with coffee aside from being a partner? Um, yeah, well, I'm involved in coffee. I, I do uh, manage and run a cafe um, and that is my involvement. So what used to be working on bar all the time turned to do more a little bit more back of the house skills, a little bit more time in the office and seeing things as a bigger picture. Um, but it's still important and I still do work bar shifts. So I'm working you know three to four bar shifts a week. Um, but I'm constantly around. I'm constantly there working with other people. Uh, as far as my involvement with the cafe, it's kind of from start to finish. It's anything from you know hiring to training, um, working with people, dialing everything in, uh, maintenance, equipment repair, um, a little bit of the back of the house stuff like uh, payroll and scheduling. So a little bit of everything. And coffee is, even though it's your main job, it started as sort of a passion project for you in that you were doing sales before. Yeah, super, super sales focused. I've always uh, kind of spoken that sales language. I know sometimes that gets uh, a negative connotation. Um, 
but I've kind of used that in my restaurant experience as well because I love working with uh, people and I love having an experience for somebody. So it's not just about uh, you know selling the most, having a high ticket. It's about meeting the needs of other people and having them have a great experience um, through that through that um, you know transaction. And then breaking out into where we are now. We chatted all day, and it sounds like you're digesting some of the same information that we digest yeah. through talking about you and your business partners. There's a lot of parallels I see. We literally just got done talking about how you have a weekly meeting with your partners, but then also a monthly meeting. For you, you're very aware of the culture of your business. You're very aware of feeding the people that work for your business. And I, I guess the first question that I have is, when did this mindset settle into you in coffee or otherwise that there's more to doing whatever you're doing than just doing what you're doing? <laughs> uh, that is a great question. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, when we were talking today, I mean, I initially had some, some pretty key bullet points of talking with you, which we went over. But the more we talked, the more we realized we kind of saw eye to eye on those things. And we kind of had these same ideas. So I guess when it was, when I, when I started realizing some of those major things is just in practice. Once you start doing something, you want to try to do it a little more efficiently. Like, is this the best that I'm doing? Can I do this better? Can we improve on this? Um, and honestly, a lot of that comes from taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture and uh, checking in on yourself. And that's why those, you know, weekly and monthly meetings are so important. It's kind of uh, all tied in with that. Things that are extremely important, but not necessarily urgent. You know, they're not like the day-to-day -day tasks. And they do take a little bit of extra effort to go above and do those. Was there an epiphanous moment that you had or something that triggered that the idea of, oh, I actually need to step back and look at the big picture? Like, were you in in the trenches kind of plugging along and somehow realize that that wasn't the perfect way to do things? Or? Uh, you know, that's a great question. I definitely think uh, part of that comes from when you're doing something and it's, it's just not easy. You're like, is there an easier way to do this? Like, is it this hard for everybody? Um, but the other end of that stems from like my want for the longevity of what we're doing and the sustainability of what we're doing. And also the training that's been instilled into me um, through the experience of the people that I work with. Um, so if we are doing things at an efficient level, it becomes easier to do it and do it again and sustain it for a longer period of time without burning out. Uh, like that's, that's kind of a key word too. Like, you know, you think about when you burn out and that can be long-term, short-term, really anything. But what it comes down to, if you're doing something inefficiently and it's really hard, you're probably going to burn out. Did you experience any kind of burnout when you first got on board and started this whole journey through coffee? Um, and I only ask that because when we talked, you, you seem super aware of the idea that if you don't take care of yourself, there's absolutely no way that you're going to be able to take care of other people, which is a relatively simple idea and it makes total sense. But that's something like that to me wasn't obvious for like right. the majority of my life. It all, yeah, it all comes down to that, uh, common, common knowledge, but not common practice. And right. I wouldn't say I've had a massive burnout. Uh, but there's like, you know, little mini burnouts where you're like, you know what? I need some time. I need to do some me stuff and you feel it. And you know, when that happens, because you can, you can really read that in a person. You can see when they're just not in it anymore. You can see it in somebody else and you can see it in yourself. 
Um, so when you're being honest with yourself, you just have to recognize that. Part of this weekend for me was, uh, I wouldn't call it a burnout at all, but I definitely recognized that I needed some, uh, some time for myself. And I've just definitely done that and kind of honored that through the weekend. Um, so that, that is huge. What could have been like a one day trip for me, I just realized that was really important. I need to take some extra time and take my time. So instead of burning out, this was actually, uh, like I was, uh, being on top of it with this. You're ahead of the burnout. I'm, I'm ahead of it. You're yeah. Like, so I, I, I knew that I needed a little bit of time right now, um, with, with things that are going on. We talked about that little bit of almost owner's guilt or it's like you feel like you need to be working all the time nonstop and if you're not you're not doing the best for the people around you and realizing that at some point that's just not sustainable like yeah. you say it's a path directly to burnout what are some systems because you seem to be like loving systems and tools yeah which, which totally. i think is great like do you have any advice or systems that people could put into place to make sure that they don't get to the burnout stage uh that is a really great question um, and it, it's going to be different for everybody, but honestly, as far as your systems, it's about like taking, look at your day-to-day -day operations, look at the week, week to week and the month to month, you know, like, what are you doing on a daily level? How can you be more efficient? Are you wasting time anywhere? Um, should you be spending time doing something else? Um, I think that would really help. Are you a calendar? You know, I, I actually use, um, an app, uh, for that. And I, I organize not only my personal life on it, but also the shop life. What is it called? Uh, it's actually Wonderlist with a U. Wonderlist? Wonderlist. Wonderlist. Yes. Uh, so it's really great. So I can have one for myself. I can also have one for the shop. So we have one like on the bar as well that uh, anybody on bar can communicate in, kind of like a message center. And okay. then you can sync them all up. You can have your own. And the nice thing is you can actually assign to people, assign things to people that way. So things get assigned to me. I assign things to other people and you can see when they're done or not. How does it integrate? Like when you say you have your own, that's like personal. Yeah, totally. Does it, can, does it include a calendar? It takes the place for the need of a calendar? Uh, so it, it is based around a list, but okay. the list does have deadlines on it. So Got you can you. set reminders and timelines on that. Awesome. That sounds kind of how we use Basecamp. Yeah. Where you can assign things to certain people and certain time thresholds, and then they can check off assignments as they do them. And there's different hubs or teams or projects, which would almost be analogous to different lists, maybe. Totally. Do you keep like a bigger, broad scope calendar of like when you need to take a mega vacation or? Um, I actually don't know. And that's kind of, uh, that's kind of part of it. Like, for me, I just felt the need to kind of get away for a moment. And so I just honored that and I just did. And it wasn't a need at the time that I did it. I just saw that it, it was coming. So what, I did it. Was this the first big break that you'd taken from the shops or? Uh, no, no, it's definitely not. You know, there's a, there's a nice break going to SEA every year. That's always a good time. And, you know, get away for a weekend here or there. And how do you prep for those as someone who's in charge of a decent amount of staff? Like, is there anything that ramps up during those times when you're going to get away? Uh, really, I just try to be on top of things. So we're we're already pretty organized, but that's the beauty of it. So when all your when all your ex your sheets and your back of the house look good, your inventory is looking good, you're on top of the ordering. When everything's already running smoothly, it enables you to be able to leave without the stress. You know, if there's only one person who knows how a system is working and that's the only person that can do it, 
then that becomes stressful because you are the only person that's capable. Uh, but like right now, for example, there, everything's good. The week before, I just kind of checked over everything. All the systems are in place. Everything's chugging along. I'm still in communication, of course, but I'm not sitting here worrying about what's going on at the shop. I think that's super golden and like really amazing advice and just something that's really awesome to think about that you have touch points with your people every day and every time you interact with someone you have a teaching opportunity and every time you go into work you're setting up the life that you want for yourself and the life that you want for your employees yeah. and you don't need to wait for some big event to where it's like okay i've been kind of just kind of plugging along halfway and now i want to leave for a week and now i have to do all this stuff to get ready for my quote unquote vacation right when if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing the whole time it's it not like something comes to a head yeah it's not like oh shit i gotta fix all this stuff right now or make sure everything's gonna be fine and everything's gonna explode totally uh and to step back a little bit i kind of had a brain fart earlier uh kind of looking at the big picture when we're talking about honoring yourself and stuff like that and that's been super huge for me so kind of going back to that guilt itself that i used to experience more often because that was like a big factor for me like anytime, like even just on a day off, like I'm literally just like waking up in the morning and I feel guilty for not getting out the door and going to work because I'm like, there's always something I can be doing or should be doing, or I'm like, oh, I could do this better. Uh, but really the, the epiphany there is that is just as important. Like taking care of yourself is also part of the job. If you are not filling your own cup up, you have nothing to give. And, uh, I, I can't, I can't stress that enough. So that alone has given me the responsibility of taking care of myself, asking myself, what do I need? Um, am I getting what I need? You know, There's so many dichotomies like that in business and leadership that you have to navigate through. So taking care of yourself is kind of one idea. And then there's, there's these other dichotomies that revolve around just like holding people to a certain standard or setting standards where you want them to be. And sometimes that means saying no to certain people or refusing certain th certain things. Yeah. Or, and I used to feel really bad about those things. It's like, I don't want people to feel bad. Or I'm trying to think of a concrete example because I'm not really I, doing I a, feel, a super I feel you good on job. That. But no, you're doing a great job. People sometimes <laughs> think that I'm, I have really high standards and I try to keep my schedule as dialed as possible. And because of that, some people see me as inflexible which I actually think that it's the opposite to where people are like, oh, like Bach is pretty rigid. You know, if I, if I miss the meeting, he's got something else playing right behind there. And like, I don't know, it, it just almost seems cold in a way. And I think it's another one of those switches to where you have to set the example for the kind of organization you want to build. And right. I don't, I want to work with other people who are organized. I want to work with other people who are taking themselves seriously. And there's a lot of people who have the capacity to do that, but if they've never seen it done, they don't know how to do it. Totally. So instead of it being like this negative thing that this guy is just like so serious or so in the zone. Yeah. I think sometimes it's a, po it's a positive thing and we can al almost see it as negative. I can totally understand how somebody might see that as a negative. Um, and coming, I mean, I have, I have the same issue, you know, I, I'm, I'm a yes man. So if anybody asks me something, I feel guilty saying no, I want to please everybody. Um, and honestly, that's, you can, in a way, get a little bit taken advantage of, and your time is worth a little less because of that. But your time becomes more valuable when it's set aside for a purpose. So like in your schedule right now, you're utilizing your time in such a way that it becomes more valuable. 
If you were kind of just all over the place and unorganized, I don't think your time would be as valuable. 100% agreed. 100% agreed. And that saying no, that's been another... That's just been another journey that I've had to go down. Cause it's really hard. It's super hard. Yeah. It's and you feel like you're doing the wrong thing. And then later you're like, no, that was the right thing to do. Yeah. It pays off in the end. But the first few, and it gets easier the more that you do it. Because the more that you do it, the more you have that proof of concept and that clarity. Right. That like, oh, that really did pay off. And yep. that is making me more efficient. And I am moving, like I'm moving more quote unquote units, whatever units are. And realizing that maybe saying no to one person in your organization right there on the spot for something that didn't fit into the plan, even though that feels bad, because you're going to be spending your time much more efficiently, it's better for the whole organization, yeah. which, which is also something that I've like been wrestling with. It's like you really need to optimize for the organization as a whole and not individuals within that organization. Absolutely. If you're going to have some sort of like culture that's going to take over. Yeah. It's, Oh, it's so funny how, um, you can do something that on the surface level, it looks like it's selfish and for yourself, but it's really for the bigger picture and it's for everyone's benefit. Yeah. Um, which is insane. And that's part of, I think that also ties into taking care of yourself. Like you could, you could say that you taking your day off, um, and doing some you time, I don't know, whatever you want to do. If you're skateboarding, that's beneficial for everyone because then you're coming back ready to hit it hard. For sure. And I, one thing that I used to do is when I was taking days off, I would not come into the cafe because I didn't want to come into the cafe and have someone ask me what I was doing right. and be like, uh, I'm just kind of skating all day <laughs> and then I'm going to go to the beach and I'm going to go for a drive yeah. because I felt bad about that. But now... I use that as an opportunity to set an example. So it's right. like now I'll come in guilt free and that's been a journey to be like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out. You're kind of owning it. Yeah. I'm going to skate all day. I'll probably make a video and then I'm going to go to San Francisco. It's going to be great. I'm Heck like yeah. taking some time and it's important because I've seen people give so much for us and I've seen people that work for us that were in the mindset that I was in a couple years ago and you don't have to be an owner to experience that guilt. You could just be like a really, really hard worker or you're in leadership and you feel that same way that you need to be at 10 tenths all the time. And it's easy for people that work for you to neglect themselves, too. Yeah. So now I take it as an opportunity to be like, hey, you need to do this, too. We've seen it. It should be part of your life. Absolutely. Too. Uh, you know, when working with scheduling, scheduling can be such a important responsibility that can be overlooked. I think scheduling has a huge effect on. Uh, your staff and the culture and like the, the overall balance. And there you have some people who will, they're very verbal about it. They'll tell you exactly what you want and it's easy. You, you know, if you can give that, then that's great. And then you have some people that they're not so verbal about it. And you have to, you have to be mindful of that. You have to be watching. Everyone's a little bit different uh, to make sure everyone's kind of having their needs be met on their level so that they can in return uh, meet the needs of everybody else. Mm, so people who, maybe dissatisfied with the way they're getting scheduled or not super clear about their availability, yeah, kind of but the they don't want to speak yeah. up about it. Or it's kind of the squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of thing. Yeah. Not everyone's going to be vo vocal about it. They might just sit there and uh, simmer about it. Uh, but if you don't know, you don't know. What are some keys that you would use as a leader to get in tune with some of those people who maybe are not the most upfront about saying stuff? Like, how can you identify that? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, just being present. You have to be talking with people. And if you are on a level with your team 
where it's not just work and it is, it's more personal and it's, you're fully integrated, you're going to know, and you're going to be, um, more approachable as well on their level. Uh, and if you're more approachable, they can come to you easier. It's kind of, it's that whole balance. It's pretty funny and that we were just downtown talking with Lucas and Michael who were both <laughs> terrified to talk to me when they first got yeah. hired. It's kind of an amazing experience. Yeah. But that's been something that I've had to navigate through too. And I build time in my schedule now at the beginning of the day to do nothing except for talk to the people that I work with. That's, that's absolutely incredible. Which, and I think that's, again, it's one of those things on the surface level. It might look like you're doing nothing and it's not important. It's actually extremely important and extremely beneficial as a whole for everything. I've seen returns on that just tenfold since yeah. I started doing that. It's, it's amazing. And I, I originally started doing it to just because I'd had that feedback before. And if you look at some of my, you know, strengths finder stuff and like personality tests, it's pretty apparent that I can come off that way, like a little cold or just intimidating in general. So it's kind of an effort to fix that and just let people know that they can open up to me. But in doing that, that also happened. But what also started happening was I started appreciating our employees a little bit more because I would learn interesting things about that, them oh that I gosh. never yeah. otherwise would. And I was like, you know, I, I didn't expect this, but like, I think you're so much cooler than you were now. And that right. like, really wasn't the goal of this, but it's an awesome side effect. Absolutely. And when, I mean, when you're on that level where you're understanding where somebody else is coming from, they're just going to open up. If you, if you're just, you know, it's, it's a two way road, I guess to put it. It really is. So that's sure. awesome. I remember, I mean, when I texted you, uh, I think the big, the big thing that I was like, Hey, we should talk about this. And I want to see your opinions on this. It was all about how can we, or how can you in general be a better person so that in return, everyone around you is better. Uh, like what can you do to better yourself so that everyone else is functioning even better. Like that's kind of the theme here. Yeah. I love that when you texted me, you're like, let's hang out. Also, I have this like mini agenda, <laughs> which I thought was, I thought that was fucking awesome. Oh man. And that's like a note to anybody who's listening. Who's, I don't know, ever wanted to connect with someone or it just means so much. Yeah. And I, it just means so much to me, just the people that have that mindset, yeah. I, I really, really love it. It's 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 really good to set your expectations uh, in a lot of scenarios, whether it be really professional or unprofessional. Uh, setting an expectation and like my guidelines were very uh, loose, and I think I even put it. I was like, "Hey, here's some things that would be awesome to do. If not, great. Also great. But that's kind of just what I was thinking. Uh, if we did all of them, great. If we did none of them, also great. But you know, I'm leaving at." 5:30 in the morning to come drive out here for five hours. So maybe it's a good idea that we were on the same page. So for that sure. way, by the time I didn't get here, um, we kind of thought the day was going to go a little differently. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. It makes it easier for me to want to set aside time for other people. Cause there's something that I value about people that are just want to learn. Totally. I think that's great. There's nothing wrong with just a strict hang, but it just would have sucked so hard if you're like, I drove all the way here and I'm like, yeah, it's cool. I got 15 minutes for you. Like this is the cafe. I have espresso by. Yeah. And I don't know. Totally. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of funny. Uh, it's crazy how sometimes you have to just pull the trigger on things. I, I think we met for the first time two years ago 
And it was two years ago that we were like, oh, totally. Yeah, let's hang. Let's chill. Uh, let's make <laughs> it happen. And then it wasn't until I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to kind of be in your area. We got to make it happen. It's so so, so we got to just put it down. How far is the drive in total? Just sidebar. Like how many miles from did you drive? my house right yeah. now? We're 12 hours away. 12 hours. Yeah. I just it was um, actually right when I got into town. I pulled out my phone. I'm like, how long is it going to take to get home from here? Because I've been doing a whole, I've been doing a whole trip. I've been everywhere. So I've say I haven't slept in the same bed the last three nights, but every night I've gone a little more North towards you. Yeah. So that's why now I'm like, okay, so officially how far am I away from home? And it was, it was about 12 hours. So that's going to suck. Are you going back like one shot? Uh, no, I originally thought I was. And when I saw that, I'm like, that's not happening. Um, I definitely have to take stretching breaks. Side note, one of the reasons, as you know, but for everyone listening, that I came out was uh, for my car. Right. I wanted to buy a car part, and I thought it was funny that we were talking about the authentic coffee gear, and we were talking about knockoffs and the importance of that, and kind of same with same with the car. Um, I have a car that I'm really into, and I'm going great lengths to buy a part that is authentic, and I'm paying more for it because of the importance of that. Um, and it's like what you were saying, you're, you're supporting the culture, you're supporting the, the person behind it, you're supporting uh, the whole industry. And so it's, you know, it's same. And that's, for me, that's one of my industries. And I guess you as well, you're, you know, we, we're doing car stuff today. It's huge. It's funny because you told some other stories about some parts that you've bought. And because you're a part of that community, you've actually gotten some really awesome deals on some things that yeah it's really true because people see the importance of carrying the culture along so that's a really great example um and it's not it's not in like a wheeling and dealing kind of way it's just like somebody would rather see the part go to somebody the right person for cheaper than the wrong person for full price because they want to see it actually continue on um even funny i mean funny story about the part i just bought i actually something i didn't tell you about um, was it was pretty expensive and I wasn't planning on driving out. It took me months and months to find this. And finally I found one here and I asked the guy, I was like, Hey, um, would you mind just like knocking a hundred bucks off? You know, I'm like, just, it would make me feel better about driving out and just everything. And his answer was, I know it's just a hundred dollars. And honestly, that's, that's nothing to me, but it's just the principle of I can't let the part go because I don't want to see it devalued. Mm. And he was like, that's how important it is to me. So for this, for this particular thing, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Cause he wanted to see it carry on with the culture. He didn't want his stuff devalued because of it either. That's so rad. It can work in totally. So it kind of, I just shot myself in the foot. I gave two opposite examples in, in one way, you know, I, I definitely have found things for cheaper because they see it going. They saw it going to a good home, and this guy was like, "You know, I don't want the car to be devalued. So, while I could afford to give it to you for cheaper, I'd, I'd rather not." Which you've got like, like you said, opposite examples. One's more like in the instance of the seat, which is what you will say you got the deal on. It was yeah. like it was almost like encouragement or like paying it forward in the culture. And with the hard top that you just bought, it's almost like protecting the culture to where it's like yeah the overall culture is like of such huge importance that i can't actually knock off 100 yeah bucks two of this. very very different examples but kind of because same thing to put it in perspective 
for other people, and then you can tell me if I'm totally wrong and just full of shit, the, the hardtop is a much more rare item than the seat. Uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Because like, you could easily find one of those seats. You could buy it new. No big deal, which is not true for the hardtop. And that's probably why the dude's like, yeah, yeah, they're just they're just not really important, readily available. They're not around, so yeah, it's it it was a rare piece. Yeah, so that that makes total sense, which was, which was uh, part of the beauty of it. Yeah, I love that mindset, and I had a talk. You said you went to the French press. I did, yeah, this, this morning. No, this morning. Oh, this morning. I went Jeez. this morning. Uh, I slept in what city is that in? Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. So I slept in Santa Barbara last night. And a good friend of mine, Matt, who put me up, um, was like, hey, in the morning, I know you're trying to like get out of town. You got to make the drive, but make some time. You need to stop by the French press. And I was like, okay, yeah, he told me, so I trusted it. And I go in there and immediately was like, oh my gosh, this place, this is a gem. That place is awesome. I immediately had a smile on my face and it was, and I'm not even a morning person. Uh, Luca was working. We talked about you. Shout out. Uh, and it was just great. I wish I could have stayed longer, but amazing shop. Julia, who owns that, so it's Julia and Todd that own the French press and Dune Coffee. I talked to her yesterday about the same exact things and just about supporting culture and keeping your money where it's most important to you. So they had this huge series of like these weird mini natural disasters in Santa Barbara. So there was this huge wildfire that kicked in people were evacuated from their homes it was kind of ridiculous and all these like houses started to burn down that had like lead in them oh, and man. asbestos so even just the air was super polluted once they got that under control all these rains hit and there was a huge mudslide the whole town was basically shut down and it was such a wreck and one thing that she had noticed is because of where she'd been getting all of her stuff from the internet trucks and stuff couldn't come into town there was this whole kind of supply sort shortage and it was just this almost weird living breathing example of why it's important to support support your local economies when you can if you have a choice totally and you, people were going out of business because of that thing it was crazy she's anyway she's on the same kick and i i just thought it's super powerful and she shared a book with me that I promptly forgot the name of. I'm going to text you when I get done with this, Julia. Um, and she bought it at the bookshop here in Santa Cruz. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go down to get it. And she's like, you could order it too. And I was like, I'm going to go to the bookshop. She's like, fuck yeah. I can't believe That's I just awesome. told you to order it. Yep. That's like so insane. That's yeah. It's hard to do that though. It's hard to break these patterns that are just so embedded. It's so easy. Oh my gosh. To yeah. Just snipe anything. I don't know. Well, it's it's kind of funny. Side note, we we've talked a lot about books today as well. Speaking of books, um, I mean, what what is some of the some of some of the books that we've talked about today? Um, you talked about well, Seven my, Habits. My of my favorite, yeah, Seven Habits of Highly, highly Successful People. People, I feel you like kind of talked about Strength Finders. We talked about Strength Finder because we've I, we came through Strength Finders through Jared. And like he's really into the whole diagnosing personality situations, right? Um, which I'm all about. Which I piggybacked on, and I, at first I was like, ah, I don't want people to tell me how I am. That's just like ridiculous, and I'm kind of stubborn or whatever, right? Um, but digging into it, it, it's 
it's really nice and it's really useful. Totally. Especially when you have a business to scale, not just for yourself, but for your crew and finding proper job fit for people. Yeah. You know, and getting people in the place where they're going to be the most happy because something that sometimes upsets people, but is undeniably true is most people are pretty bad at self-assessing. Right. They're not going to intuitively know where their best fit would be necessarily. So that's why tools can be super helpful in that. Right. Um, which is piggybacking off another book that I'm reading right now, which is called Principles, which I mentioned before, and it's written by the dude who was a founder and CEO of this company, Bridgewater. I referenced it in another podcast, and <coughs> he's he like kicks these ideas back and forth of radical radical transparency and basically seeking truth and you know not worrying about how good you look, but worrying about getting the job done and getting to whatever the truth is, getting right. the ego out of the way. That's awesome. But he developed for his company a system that uses one part gut check. One part is track record. So tracking people's performance training. One part kind of personality. I don't know if you call it person. I don't know. Do you call it a personality test? It's uh, more of like a... Um, well, when I, yeah, when I talk about kind of those things, I definitely talk about... I say personality types. Types. I don't okay. want to like compartmentalize people. Right. That's that's the uniqueness of it. Obviously, it's kind of a launching off point. But yeah, there are these. You know, there's there's types, and that's what's helped me out so much with communicating, um, and in my own personal journey for how can I be the best person? How can I be the best version of me for everyone else? And that's part of it. And I need to understand how everyone else functions is really important because the way I see things isn't the way everyone else sees things, and that's totally awesome. That's not only is it not wrong. They just have a different way that I should also learn to love and embrace. It's so true. And then how you said figuring out where I'm going to fit in so I can be my best version of myself. That was where I saw the most value for myself in doing something like StrengthsFinder or right. checking out your personality archetypes. Because my predisposition is just to get the job done. And right. I'll do whatever it takes to get the job done. And because of that... To a fault. I, yeah, to a fault. <laughs> I will run myself into the ground doing things that I can do, even some that I can do and do well, but I just fucking hate doing them. Right. You're, and you're being utilized, but in an inefficient way. Inefficient way. And you're just being like driven into the ground. Whereas if you, if you know your, uh, kind of your strengths, strength finders, uh, you can utilize yourself in the best way possible to execute and accomplish what you want to accomplish. It's almost like it gives you permission or a little bit of ammunition to say, you know what? This is not this yeah. is not where I need to be. That's not where you fit. This is not where I fit. And it's not just this random feeling that I have. Like, There's some meat to it to there's, back it up. It's validated. There's validity behind what you're doing. You're doing it for a reason. Uh, and that, that gets rid of the guilt associated exactly. with just being like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't totally. feel right. Like, so I'm I just not going to do, do it. it. Yeah. Like, why aren't you doing that anymore? I don't know. I don't know. So yeah. If you have a if you have proper like thought behind it and it's really thought out, then you're a genius. Yeah. Then you look awesome. You look like a badass. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, it's I don't know. We were talking about this earlier, but this journey that I'm on and that you're on and that Jared on, we're all on, is just way more complex than I ever thought it was going to be. Absolutely. I honestly thought that it was just cool, we're going to open a business or people that have businesses, especially before I ever thought about opening a business when I was working. I was like, yeah, businesses are easy. You know, you got money goes out, oh, money comes in, 
you teach people what to do and then they do it and then you're fine and it's just hard to articulate how multidimensional right. and how much you will be pushed and stressed and that's why I love to talk about this stuff so much and share it with people and I'm so excited that you're in this zone too is that as people who own businesses I feel that we have a responsibility to the people that we're employing right. to share some of this with them and absolutely you know you can't force anything down anyone's throat you can make it a part of your culture some people are going to resonate with it some people aren't the mm -hmm. people that aren't will probably ultimately leave that culture that you've created but it really sucked to work in coffee for a really long time and get to the end of the line and know that all you know how to do is just make good coffee and that's not equipping you for the rest of the world and you said right. earlier you know you teach these skills of communication you teach these skills of organization dealing with other people building relationships that serves you anywhere. Right. You, yeah, absolutely. Definitely something we talked about earlier. You should you should be able to take the skills you learn and apply them to almost anything. And that's something that uh, maybe, I don't know, that maybe that's just a strength of mine. But I've kind of always experienced this. I've always tried to take even shitty situations um, and learn from them. That way, instead of being like, wow, that sucked, you can be, or, you know, that was a total loss. You can be like, well, it sucked, but I really learned something. A uh, great example of this would be like a college class that I didn't care for at all. You can either sit there and be like, this is dumb, waste your time, waste every single day going in there. Or you can just like try to get something out of it. And that way, even if you can just get one thing from it, you, you gain something. And it's that, that constant learning from everything, whether it's good or bad. Um, you should be able to take something from everything and apply that to anything. It took me such a long time to get there. Yeah. It, I was so grumpy about things that I perceived as a waste of time. It was really hard for me to find the silver linings or like the learning process and things that I did not enjoy. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes those can be expensive mistakes, you yeah. know, but sometimes you have to, it's almost more valuable if you make the mistake and learn from your mistake rather than, rather than uh, someone just tell you something. Uh, for sure. You're going to learn, you, you'll, you'll get the example a little bit better. Um, so that for me is huge and that's just kind of why it's so important to me. Um, but I honestly, to back up even further, I'd say that the kind of what started me on that thought process for myself, and I think everybody can relate to this is I think anybody can look back at a time and remember a manager or a leader or somebody that they had that was super awesome. And maybe you don't know why, you know, you don't know what it is, but you're never going to forget them. Or maybe you had a manager that super sucked and you do know why, because they sucked. Uh, but for me, I'm like, wh what, what made that person so great? What made that manager awesome? Why am I never going to forget that teacher? Why did they have an influence on me? And I want to be that person. That's what I want. So I'm taking that feeling that I got. And I can, I can go through, you know, my whole life experience and I can think of those influential people in my life. And I'm starting to ask myself, like, what was it about that person that had such an impact on me? And how can I replicate that for other people? Because I know how motivated I was by that. That's so awesome. I think I, I had some of that. And then I'm just equally, when you meet someone that doesn't live up to your expectation of what you think they should be, it's so crushing to me. Right. Like when you have heroes or people that you look up to and then you get to work closely with them or experience them and you, f you figure out that like, oh, geez, this is not at all what I thought it was. 
that is such a defeating feeling for someone. It, right. It certainly was for me. And I, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be like the ultimate letdown. I don't want to be the dude that like looks good on paper and like, but is just not handling business or just right. not making people better. It, it's, I don't know. It's very sad. Yeah. I think that inspires me just as much as those people who are the good ones. You know, the benefit of that too is, I don't know, let's just say, and you could apply this to anything, but we're talking about coffee right now. Um, even if someone got into coffee, let's say they've never been in coffee before and they learned a ton, they had a great training experience, but then, you know, they decided, you know, this just isn't for me. At least they can, they don't have a bad taste in their mouth. They're not like, wow, that was a terrible experience. They can go, that was a great experience. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. Those are the best. When we have employees that leave on those terms. Yeah. And some of those, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, we had this dude Nick on. It was a few episodes ago. He has a coffee place in New York called Juno that he just started. He used to work for us and we had to fire him. Oh, and man. We have a really great relationship and we really felt good about it and it was so good that we were able to openly talk about it on the podcast when we got together right. and we were chatting and we kind of stopped and I was like, Hey, can we talk about this? Isn't and that crazy? And he's like, yeah, I think a lot of people would learn from like the stories that we have that we're going to share. Yeah. And it was just about, you know, this isn't, this isn't the best place for me, but there's no hard feelings about it. And that's amazing. I, and that was communicated. It's you're both on the same page. You weren't, you, you know, you're on the same page about it. So it was open. And it's every person that you come in contact with, every person that funnels through your organization, whether they work for you or not, they have potential to be a brand ambassador. Oh, yeah. For oh, you. that's huge. And I think people can overlook that and just be like, oh, yeah, this person sucks at working. We're going to we're going to fucking fire him right. or whatever. When and with no thought of how that's going to affect anything later on, which if you back it up like three steps, like let's look at why they suck in the first place and let's look at why they're here when they don't fit in the first place. And all those are probably your fault and probably your problem. Yeah. And I also, now I'm on a full tangent, but I think that is one of the reasons people hate firing people is because nine out of 10 people in the back of their minds probably know that they didn't do everything that they could to set that person up oh, for success. Oh, abso absolutely. And that's just something huge to Talk know. Talk about guilt. It's serious. <laughs> and that's like real. And I, you know, and I'm not saying I've always been perfect at this. This is like learned stuff, but I think that's one of the reasons. So when you do come time, when it does come time to where you need to end a relationship, it's it doesn't have to be gnarly. It doesn't have to be messy. You don't, you know... If you're really in your element, if you're really communicating the whole way, if someone gets fired, it like shouldn't really be a surprise. Right. And they are probably, if you're a good communicator, on the save wa same wavelength that you are. To where, and they're probably fucking relieved. We're like, hey. Us yeah, usually that's the thing. Uh, if, if something's going to happen like that, if a tie needs to end, it's usually mutual bene mutually beneficial. Like if it's not good for you, it's also not good for them. And for if sure. they're not having a good time, you're not having a good time, which is why I totally agree with you. Like it, if it needed to end, it needed to end. However, when you don't have that communication, it now becomes one-sided and that person just kind of doesn't have the communication behind it where it was unexpected. Yeah. And so even if they felt like it wasn't a good fit, if it feels unexpected, that's kind of leaving on a, on a bad term. Leaving on a bad note. Like if you, if you leave and you're like, I actually don't know what just happened. Yeah. 
that would be terrible. They're going to resent you, and they're going to resent the yeah, whole totally. Time it's just a bummer. I I recently had an experience like that where um, I had to let somebody go, and the communication was all there. It was great, and honestly, it was a really weird, surreal moment. So it kind of just happened. It, it took its course. Um, but we were both on the same page. Neither of us were surprised. And uh, the best part was like, if you want to hang out for a moment, you know, make you a drink. We can even continue talking while I'm working right now. Yeah. And it was like totally chill. Yeah. It doesn't need to be awkward. Yeah. It really doesn't. And I get that there's other variables involved too. Like, you know, obviously it's a job. You're there for money. So that, that part really sucks. But at least on um, on a deeper level, and it's like why you're doing, why you're there, and what you're doing. If your purpose isn't there, uh, no one has to be surprised. Yeah, it's just it's just a toxic situation for both parties, and it just turns into this weird. I don't know. It turns and into the, this you weird know, zone. Speaking of the communication, and it is a small world, and everyone does know everyone. So yeah. when you break a relationship like that, and the communication is not there. Uh, trying to keep communication as the forefront of why we're talking about this. We're not just like, this isn't a firing podcast. Right. <laughs> uh, but when the communication's there, uh, then everything's up in the air. There's no weird speculation. There's nothing weird going around. There's no weird drama. It's uh, it's all open. There's a comfort in that. Oh, on both absolutely. Sides. Yeah, it's so great. I would hate to, I would hate it if there was something uh, floating around that was untrue. And it also makes it a lot less personal in a really, really good way because you have relationships with these people and what you don't want them to think is to leave thinking like, Joel hates me. <laughs> but really this conversation is not about you hating someone or you not liking someone or me not liking someone. It's about cultural fit and where both people have the opportunity to be their best self. Right. And if that's expressed in a great way and everything's well communicated, then it, it makes it easier to do things like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out and have coffee. Right. I'm going to come in tomorrow and drink coffee. It's totally. going to be great. We're still, we're still down. It's no big deal. It's funny how you said it's not a firing podcast. I don't know if it would be a bad idea to do. Maybe this will be the firing podcast. Oh, man. Like the bonus firing podcast. Uh, I definitely think it's a, a hot enough topic to be a podcast in and of itself. So, it, And it's a, it's a really... Um, eye-catching title. It's a skill that no one ever taught me, and I would have been thankful to even have some education on it before well, I actually had to do it. It's funny you say that, because it's not the firing that's the skill. It's everything that you do in your power to keep the communication open before that happens to where if it does have to happen, so you, don't need, you don't actually need skill. It just happens because it's mutual. That's true. Um you know, talking about those systems, you it's know, when you're, when you have those regular systems in place, when you have those checkups, when you're holding people accountable, it's not a surprise. I still feel like I'm missing part of your origin story. Cause it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that you were like born with all this stuff. Oh, I definitely, no, I definitely wasn't born <laughs> with it. Um, I've definitely, um, had some incredible help in that. That's all comes from my team and stuff. And I'm definitely, uh, really thankful to have, both uh, Dan and Lawrence as mentors uh, to me personally on the Provision Coffee team. Um, I can't remember if we talked about it earlier, so I'll just say it again. But, you know, I have a meet, uh, weekly and a monthly meeting um, um, with the team. And, and that's super important. 
It's so important. Because it's one of those things that we talk about that's really important, but not urgent. You know, if we skip it, no big deal. Even if two weeks goes by, but then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, where are we at? We need, we need to check in. Like, I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know what's happening. Um, so it's one of those things that's truly important to keep the communication open. When you first started there, when you guys all got together, like right off the bat, did you from the get go have that weekly meeting? Absolutely not. No, no, no. Once, once the responsibilities started flooding in and, uh, picking up more and more, um, and to, to eventually now where it's been, uh, running the entire cafe, taking over, uh, that location. That's why it's become more and more important because, um, as there is more freedom and decision-making and the leadership role, it needs to be also like seen out that it's be doing properly. Is interesting to take a step back and look at these things because they're almost like things that you would picture from CEOs or management teams at like really, really large companies. Yeah. But setting aside time for that is so important, even in a small organization. Even if you've just got, you know, like so two huge. stores, three stores, the amount of potential disconnect for us oh with my gosh. two operating stores and a roastery is insane if we don't have our meeting. I mean, I mean, in some instances, it's even more important with a small operation because there is no room for error, you know? Right. We don't, we're not flush with cash to where it's like if things yeah, go here and there, there's no buffer. Yeah, we're you not can't as just, big of a buffer. Just make mistakes left and right and it'd be okay. You know, it's, so, yeah, so keeping that thought. communication open is wildly important. And when you first decided to do the meetings, was everybody on board with that? Was everybody like, yeah, that's a great idea. Or was there like, why do we have to do oh, this? Oh no, totally. Totally. Everyone's on board. And it's funny how we were discussing how similar, uh, like my team and your team are in oh, our different creepy. like personality types that we have. Um, it just works out, but we should also, we should also talk about, uh, the fact that the monthly meeting is actually a personal meeting, which we were talking about earlier. So going back to, you know, what's, what is important, um, as in terms of taking care of yourself, like you really need to do need to take a step back, take a look at everything and, uh, see, are you accomplishing, um, what you need to accomplish to take care of yourself? Cause if you're not taking care of yourself, uh, you can't really take care of other people. So that's the beauty of those meetings is the monthly one is mostly about me and slightly about work. The weekly ones all about work. And as you can imagine, it's kind of like it's a weekly task. It's like what, what's going on this week? Uh, what do we need to address? And then even within the meetings we address, Hey, what's the most important thing here? Like, what do we need to tackle out of that? What can be pushed back? What's an example of something you might bring up at a monthly meeting? Uh, that is a, Ooh, that's like, that's a lot of things. Um, we d uh, currently are working on actually a mission statement. Okay. Personal mission statement. And even right now, it's like almost weird to say because it's like, man, the pro that might not sound too important on air. But it's one of those things that it really, really is. Um, taking the time to figure out what is your purpose, like what do you want, what's important to you, and how are you going to carry that on? So that one... Uh, that was actually something that I thought was going to be way easier than it turned out to be. So I'm still, I'm still like looking back, I'm still revising it. Um, and going back to it, the reason, and this is obviously short that, you know, you could really dive into this. This could be its own separate podcast in and of itself also. Um, but having that mission statement really gives you something to fall back on. 
it gives you that direction. It's kind of your compass as you navigate uh, your life. And, you, you know, business is a part of your life, and it's, it's going to fall into that. It's such a guiding light. I have been down that road. It's, I agree with you, it's so hard. And just, I was reading all this stuff. I was writing things down. I got the, um, the little find your why. Have you read the start with why? Start with why? Yeah, I did read that. Did you read the, he just released like a follow-up? Really? That details a why discovery process. Pretty fun. I haven't tried it yet, that but it seems really interesting. Sounds it, necessary for it, many. Yeah. Because you might read that book and be like, well, that sounds great, but that just sounds great. Yeah. It doesn't great. apply to me. Yeah. What the hell do I do? Of course. Where am I in this thing? Yeah. So he, break down, he breaks down like a wide discovery process for in individuals, a wide discovery process for groups. And yeah, it'd be really interesting for you totally. to read. And it's it's basically... I'm probably going to butcher it, but <laughs> for individuals, you know, he talks about in Start With Why that finding out, figuring out your why isn't a process of looking forward. It's more of a process of looking backwards and looking at times when you've been your best. Like this is right. an intrinsic part of your pe personality. This is like what you're put on earth to do and that's going to reveal like when, it. When did you feel this? Like right. when? I like Exactly. So the discovery process is almost it's this multiple step process where wow. you employ a helper and your helper should be someone that you're acquainted with but not someone you know super well interesting like your wife or your girlfriend would not be someone to assist you in your why discovery process Ooh, i can i can see exactly why they have too many biases right and like you yep. know they like assume things they're just they know too much about you right i think they know too much about you so, but it shouldn't be a total stranger. It should be someone who you're just like, like if we were going to do this, it'd probably be great. Like right. we don't really know each other that well. I, just enough. Just enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's almost about charting down all these times and writing down these times. And he's got like this kind of question by question detail in the book and also another more brainstorming way to go about it. And then having that person interpret those things. And there's this whole section of the book which is like the the guide to being the interpreter and the guide right. to being the that's, person who's doing the interview. Oh my gosh. That's and really high level stuff. It's it shouldn't be taken lightly. It's pretty intense, yeah. It's and like here it is, it's in a book, but really it's like a lot. It's a lot. Um and if you were telling me stories, you know, about times like this time that impacted your life so much and I'm just kind of prying totally. a little bit, like, okay, like why? What were you feeling? And then I'm paying attention to what you're saying, but I'm also looking at your emotional reaction and right. what's happening. It was super heavy. Because I, you have reason to. Yeah. There. Oh my gosh. There is so much truth behind that. And you, when you're doing anything that has to do with any kind of personality tests and stuff like that, you're going to have your own bias and it's because you're a human being. You know, you're not, you're never going to, it being honest with yourself is so hard. It's so hard. And a, a great example, um, you know, through this process, it's wanted, it's made me like strive to really integrate all aspects of my life and have a, like just kind of a healthy relationship everywhere. So currently I, I have, I have roommates. I live in a house, house in Gilbert, Arizona, and I have two awesome roommates and I'm just going to say like right now, I don't, I don't know if there's a, like a better scenario out there. I absolutely love my household and That's it's because so we respect each other and so many people are like, oh, you know. 
the roommate life and it's really hard. And yeah, of course I'd love to live on my own. I'm not flush with cash either though. So since I am living with roommates, I'm going to make the absolute best of it. So example of that, um, we all took the Myers-Briggs test together. So we took the test simultaneously. We all sat in a circle um, on our computers. We did each question together. Uh, we all found out our answers and we got to learn a little bit about each other. And it's kind of a couple things. For one, it's that understanding other people so you can better like fit in with that. So instead of being like, oh man, I, we just don't like fit, like that person's different. It's just like, oh, they just see it differently. And that's super cool. And I love that they see it differently. Uh, but the other thing with that is during that test, and this is the example I get super sidetracked. Um, sometimes everyone's like, all right, next question, next question. And then some person's stuck on a question. And we're like, okay, well, you know, read the question again. They're like, man, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I'm like super confused. And it's always hilarious because the other people think it's so obvious. Right. The other people are like, obviously, it's this one because you know them unbiasedly. You know, you're like, nope, it's this one because you're kidding yourself. And you that's want why it to be this one. Yeah, you see the wrong answer. And that's why as a human, you're just kind of like biased towards yourself. Um, and it's sometimes hard to be honest with yourself. Which that's the reason in some of the in those tests, they tell you to just move through it. Whatever feels like it's the right answer immediately is, yeah, is the, the one gut. to pick. It's the gut reaction. Yeah, easier said than done. And you don't need to yeah, stew on it. How the fuck did you find two people that wanted to do this that you just happened to live with? Like, and I'm, I'm thinking back to when I had roommates, and if I was like, "Hey, guys, let's do this thing," it'd yeah. be like, e "What? Yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, why are you insane? You're a hippie. Yeah, are you, are you um, fucking nuts? You know, that's a great question. Which I probably would have been the guy that's like, "You guys are nuts." Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've had, I've had several different. Um, I can't say this is like the first and like like boom nailed it first try. Roommates, awesome. Uh, no, I've definitely, I've definitely gone through a few, a few different roommates, um, and I think the reason, the reason that inspired me the most for doing this was it was working well already, and I was like, okay, this is really great. We got a good thing going here. Let's really dive into this so we don't f it up. Like really, let's take this to the next level. Um, so you're instead like of just being like the culture that you have, yeah, like, it amazing. actually, like. It was like, okay, this is like really awesome. We're all having like a really great life experience here together. Um, and that's, that's truly what motivated it. So you're telling me you fixed a potential problem before it happened yeah. by communicating with other people. Absolutely. Jeez. Like, you know, you could work it backwards too. You could have terrible roommates and be like, you know what? Let's take the time and honor each other and try to figure this out. But I guess in this situation, which is probably more rare than not, we already had a good thing going, and I really wanted to dive into that and figure out why it was so great. I think that says a lot about where your head's at right now, <laughs> which is pretty sweet. Well, that's awesome. What plans do you have for the for the company? You know, you have a roasting operation. There's a couple cafes. Totally. Is there a bigger vision scope for you all? Um, you know, there is. And, of you know, we do want to grow and we want to grow our team. And right now, I mean, I think just like you, we're figuring out what that is. Like every time we hire somebody, it's even better than the last. Not on the people we're hiring, just on our end. Like we are better every single time. Every person we hire, we're a better person for that person. Um, Seriously. So right now it's like it is a lot about focusing on that culture and it's about figuring out um where where do we fit what's what's the needs here 
I cringe at the kind of boss that I was like even just Ooh. nine months ago. It stresses me out. Yeah, it's it's heavy stuff, you know, because as you get better, um, it's 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 your self work. Yeah. It's you. It's you work, you know. And I'm hoping that and that's I'll kind look of the back, theme. Look back on this and be like, oh yeah, that sucked too. Yeah. Not in a crappy way, but in just the always learning way. Yeah. Like I know in a year I'm gonna look back now and be like, what was I doing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I think you could look at pretty much any category of your life, and say the same thing. Yeah. Whether it be business or home, maybe your car choices. <laughs> so, you're in the car for life. Though. Yeah. No, this this one's not going anywhere. You're 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 locked in. Absolutely not. Super no, down. I'm super stoked. In fact, um, those look like great man, shoes to drive in. Thank you. They they're actually my driving shoes, so <laughs> that's why I'm wearing them. I always even my even my team laughs at me when I come in on my days off with my driving shoes on. I'm like, you know, because I'm just I don't know. I'm just rocking them. I love it. But I think that fits in, uh, man, I totally forgot what I was going to say now. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. We were talking about, um, looking back at all the other categories here. We talked about the car. We talked about you're in the car for life. We were just talking about improving forever. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what it was. So we talked, we kind of like a big theme of not just this podcast, but us hanging out today was like this whole idea of a culture. And when you're yourself, you're really attracting the right people because you're not, you're not trying to put a front on like, yep. so people who are attracted to that are naturally going to gravitate towards you. Uh, that has a trickle down effect because when you're yourself, you're hiring people who are carrying on that vision. And when you have people in your, in your business who are also a part of that culture, they also in return attract the right culture. So you're not really just you're not trying to put a front on or working. You're just being yourself and they're being themselves. And as a bonus, as the, excuse me, mega bonus, you have now uh, people supporting you who you're supporting. And it's just kind of this flowing thing. One of the things that I just read was in regards to interviewing and how part of the interviewing process should be incredibly transparent both ways. Absolutely. And especially with things that you're experiencing in the business that are challenging yeah. And not making your organization sound like it's this wonderful, oh, gosh, magical no. playground or infallible of all things. Because if you set the stage like that, then immediately when a new person comes on, there's already a dissonance forming between what they yeah. expect and what the reality is. And that just doesn't feel good. You're setting that expectation. And if you find people who understand those things, know where you're going, vibe with those challenges, you get what you just described. Totally. Which is someone who's like on board with the authentic version of you, the authentic version of your organization. Absolutely. And it's not like, I can't believe these fucking guys are doing this. It's like, one, I understand yeah. this. There's, there's one thing that I tell everybody during every, every single interview, um, besides just painting a picture of what they're getting into, it's that you're going to do a lot of dishes. I'm like, <laughs> I know it looks glamorous. I know you just want to pour swans all day, but uh, you, it's mostly dishes and a swan here or there. Yeah. I was like, so, you know, it's actually work. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of people have the wrong idea. So the best thing I can do is give them the right idea. With that culture, uh, the culture thing you were talking about and having the right people, I was kind of, I just, I go off on tangents. Um, using that as an example, uh, I've noticed something really beautiful in the cafes and it's that the type of people that we're coming in and attracting are so much so 
the right fit and they belong kind of there, that they actually do a phenomenal job of getting to know everyone on the team on a personal level. And it's blowing my mind. It's actually insane. I will be in there working. No, like, they, you know, somebody who doesn't know who I am, I'm sitting there on my computer, they just think I'm just there. And they'll be talking to somebody at the register and they will actually check in with them and they will hold them accountable for something that they talked about last time. That's They're like, so hey, hey you, you were talking about this. So like, where are you at on that? Are you getting that done? Like, how's that goal going? Like straight up guests that are coming in, holding baristas accountable for their personal life goals. It's mind melting. It's beautiful. I love it when stuff like that happens. So, it just trips yeah. me out. Part And part of that for me, yeah, I still work the bar. Uh, I'm always talking about my car. And I think I'm being annoying all the time. But this was pretty insane. I actually posted a picture. I think you saw it after I had bought the hard top that I drove out here to get. So that, that hard top was really a launching off point of a reason for me to make a trip out of it. And after I posted that picture, it just blew up all, all like, you know, your regulars and your, cause they're your guests on that your come, journey. They like yeah. know what it means to you. They were like, Oh my gosh. So stoked. Absolutely. These are people who could care less. They about don't care cars. about cars. No, yeah. no, absolutely That's not. Fucking sick. But them seeing that they were so stoked about it. It was insane. That's I, so awesome. It was mind blowing. People who I never thought like cared that much were losing their minds. They're like, it actually happened months and months, you know, all this hard work and this and that. And they're stoked. They're like, you're, they're your coach. They're, they're on your team. That's so, it's legit. It's so amazing. I love that it feels so good. And guests. It's, yeah. It's so, it's so important to have people that have your back. Yeah. Even if they're not into the zone that you're in, it's yep. just, I don't know. In it. And again, it's like this whole thing. It's everything we've talked about today, as crazy and far and wide as it might seem, it's all tied together. And just like you were saying, it, you don't have to be um, understanding. Like if you don't see eye to eye on something, that's okay. Because like, you can find it rad how they think differently. So yeah. you can still, in the same way, if I'm not into uh, whatever you're into, I'm still going to be stoked for you because I understand that you're into it. Later, Bailey. See you, Bailey. It was great meeting you. So, uh, it again, it just goes into that. It's like kind of like, it's not, it goes beyond respecting. You're really like cherishing people's differences because of that. So, uh, I have, I have plenty of people in my life where they're just into things that I'm like completely not into, but I'm still stoked for them because I know you got to get hyped. Yeah, absolutely. It makes you feel so good to get hyped. It's totally. Like Samantha, I say Samantha, she calls herself Sam, but we have two Sams. Okay. Girl Sam is just like a gnarly Olympic lifter. So she does really? o, she does O lifting. I mean she's not an Olympian, but like the sport of weightlifting, like Olympic yeah. style, so snatch, clean and jerk. And she goes to meets, she has her own little just like subculture around that. I don't do that, but I think that's yeah. fucking sick. And she's She's amazing because she tells these like really awesome stories around the culture of her fitness and the culture of her weightlifting. And she's plugged in this whole other community. It's just amazing to watch it from afar and just see yeah. that develop. And I'm just like, Pfft. I'm not even going to try to understand, but I'm stoked already for this person. I don't know. But you're like, yeah, you're high. It's it's sick. It's what they do. Yeah. Like people that are into stuff. Fuck. Yeah. Right. Super down. I don't need to be into it. I just, I appreciate it. Yep. So hard. Absolutely. It's the best thing ever. And uh, it's important to be into something. You've got to be into something. Yeah. You got to have your thing. You got to fill your, your own cup. You got to have your thing. 
and it's not bad to everything and it's cool if your thing is weird and it, it doesn't matter if like no one else is into your thing yeah it's i don't know it's things that's what makes people interesting yep jeez like, if we all like the same shit that would suck oh my gosh if there's just like clone people everywhere everything would be a competition everything would be a competition and boring right at the same time on a side note I love cold weather, and I'm enjoying this. You like it? However, I am so acclimated right now to the Arizona heat. I'm actually pretty cold. Are you cold? Yeah. yeah. Dude, I think we're in a pretty good place yeah. that we could wrap this thing up and go out in the sun. Well, honestly, the really weird thing is that I usually listen to this podcast when I'm on the other end in the shower. So Sick. You're going to listen have to yourself to, in the shower. And I hate my own voice. You know, Everyone hates their voice Everybody on does. recording. And it's not only whatever. that, but I'm going to have to listen to myself... On this podcast, in the shower, and that which means my roommates are going to be listening to it too, because it's going to be in the shower. I got to blare it. That's going to be great. So I'm going to wake them up. I think that's going to be awesome. Oh man, they're going to be like, "Are you listening to yourself?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's fucking disgusting, girlfriend." <laughs> but they they know what you're all about because you guys are all on track or whatever. Podcastception. No, we talk about it a lot. It's important. Yeah, you'll be in the zone. They get stoked about it because they know I'm stoked about it. Dude, thank you for coming. Yeah. Where Thank you can for people find you or your company? Where where does that happen? Yeah, totally. Just so well, people know. I mean, we, we're on social media. So provisioncoffee.com, provisioncoffee on Instagram. The um, drinks are beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank the you. The seasonal drinks, they're oh, we, phenomenal. And I'm mentioning that one because we just looked at them together. But also, yeah. two, we just had a signature drink competition here for drinks that will be integrating okay. throughout the seasons. And we had some people throw down. And I think the ones that you took pictures of or some of the prettiest oh i really appreciate it that i've seen yeah yeah i, I try to try to like one-up myself every single time we do a seasonal photo shoot yeah it's so psychotic it's it's great but so i go, go seriously thank you thank you for having me and i really appreciate it yeah no i i really feel like you're on to some big huge things and it's just so yeah. exciting to talk to you yeah it's, i'm it's crazy i really really uh kind of went into this with a lot of the same views on it which i didn't think was going to happen i was but i'm also glad because we got to uh take it in a different direction are you disappointed that we had similar views was it i don't know if i'm you know i'm disappointed that it wasn't a debate or if i'm just <laughs> really stoked uh that i'm that we're on the right path that's fair yeah yeah i could see someone being let down be like ah, dang it i just wanted a good fight something. yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. No, but it's good. We'll fight next time. Okay. Dude, Joel, thanks for being yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Sick. End podcast. You're all beautiful. Goodbye. The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal. And they just care. They care about you. They care about me. And I care about them. And that's why Cat and Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis.